Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. With working from home and trying to stay in touch with friends and family, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to always be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. My moment to chill is watching baseball, especially when the White Sox are on. I like to have a Coors Light beside me. It's a great beer to have watching the games as it's cool and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. And even the mountains on my cans turn blue telling me that it's time to hit reset. Sit back, relax, and hunker down for an evening of White Sox baseball. So when it's time for you to unwind, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. When you rely on the internet for everything, you need speed that can handle anything. Xfinity delivers Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Gig Wi-Fi requires gig speed and compatible XFi gateway. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. Good morning, White Sox fans. I'm Jim Margulis, and this is your White Sox wake-up call for June 11th, 2019. The White Sox were blown out 12-1 by the Washington Nationals on the same night that Odris Amir Despagne made his White Sox debut, so you might conclude that those things went hand-in-hand. Not really. Despagne threw a quality start in a battle of crafty righties to keep the game close. The front end of the White Sox bullpen made a mockery of the evening, although it was assisted by some goofy defense and ugly luck. The White Sox were out hit 16-4, Adam Eaton had three hits in his return to the south side, Trey Turner had two shots at the cycle but couldn't come up with the single he needed, and Kurt Suzuki capped it off with a ninth inning grand slam, which seems fitting. It's worth talking about the first six innings though, at least on the pitching side. Odrizamur Despagne might strike you as an unusual name, but it's a lot more intuitive once you realize it's the Cuban equivalent for James Shields. Despagne emptied out the bag of tricks. Hesitation windups, quick pitches, slow curves from a variety of arm slots, and it was good enough for a Shields-like six innings of three-run ball. Turner didn't have any problem figuring him out. He scored two of the three runs on Despagne's tab, one after a triple to the right field corner, and another on a no-doubt blast deep into the left field seats. Otherwise, Despagne succeeded by throwing glove side, at least for one night. The problem was that Anibal Sanchez was even more elusive to White Sox hitters. Sanchez only struck out one batter over six innings, but the Sox had trouble barreling up anything he threw. The Sox didn't get their first hit of the game until James McCann's single in the fourth inning, but it was an infield single, and he was picked off anyway. Larry Garcia's solo shot in the sixth inning provided the only damage. Garcia got into a rare hitter's count and rode a 2-0 fastball into the first row behind the wall right of center to cut Washington's lead to 3-1. Juan Mancata then singled to bring the tying run to the plate, but Jose Abreu grounded out to third to end the threat. Rick Renteria then tried to get by with the lesser pitchers in his bullpen, but thanks to a combination of bad pitching, bad defense, and bad luck, the Nats tacked on one in the seventh, two in the eighth, and six in the ninth to run away with it. Adding injury to insult, Moncada left the game with upper back stiffness. He appeared to tweak something when returning to first on a pickoff throw after a single. Renteria downplayed it, calling it a back spasm. 
Speaking of injuries, the Sox made room for Despanier in the 40-man roster by releasing Nicky Delmonico. Delmonico was already done for the year due to a torn labrum, and injured players can't be waived, so that was the way to get him off the roster. The White Sox then made room for Despanier in the 25-man by placing Jace Fry on the injured list with a sore shoulder. It's hard to say if that injury is why he's had trouble throwing strikes, or because he's had trouble throwing strikes. Anywho, the White Sox will try not to get swept by the Nationals on the season when they meet for the fourth and final time tonight. First pitch is at 7.10 p.m. Central on NBC Sports Chicago. It's Manny Banuelos versus Patrick Corbin in a pitching matchup that seems lopsided on paper, although Corbin has struggled his last two times out. With a lefty on the mound, it might be a good opportunity to give Moncada an extra day to rest his back, even if it's not that serious. Down on the farm, Rick Hahn gave an update on Jake Berger, who was supposed to return from his second ruptured Achilles around June 1st. His heel continues to be his, well, Achilles' heel, as he's been sidelined by a bruise there. Hahn also reiterated, Hahn likes reiterating, that the White Sox problems fielding a five-man rotation won't force the Sox off their cautious track with Dylan Cease. Running through the scores, Winston-Salem was rained out for the fourth straight day as the Dash's game against Salem was postponed due to an unplayable field. The Dash tried to beat the weather to the punch by rebranding themselves as the Winston-Salem Splash for a night, but Mother Nature got the last laugh. At least they had company, as the Birmingham Barons were rained out as well. As for the teams that did play, Charlotte lost to Durham 7-3, John Jay played a full game and went 1-4, Zach Collins 0-3 with a walk and two strikeouts, Danny Mendick doubled, walked, and struck out twice. Kannapolis lost to Greenville 9-2, with both canny runs scoring on Corey Zangari solo blasts. Jonathan Stever had a rough night, giving up six runs on eight hits and a walk over three innings. Bryce Bush went 0-2 with two walks and a strikeout. The DSL White Sox provided the organization's lone win, beating the Orioles' first squad 5-2. Anthony Espinosa went 2-4 for four with two doubles, and Luis Pineda had two hits as well. Around the league, Major League Baseball announced the early returns for All-Star voting, and the White Sox aren't in bad shape. James McCann is sitting in second among catchers, Jose Abreu is third at first base, and Tim Anderson is fourth at shortstop. David Ortiz is on the mend in Massachusetts General Hospital, where he was relocated after getting shot in the Dominican Republic on Sunday. He's in stable condition after undergoing a six-hour operation, and doctors anticipate a full recovery. The Braves and Pirates emptied benches after Josh Donaldson took offense to a Joe Musgrove pitch that clipped his jersey in the first inning. Both were ejected, which seemed like an overreaction, and the Braves went on to win 13-7 behind a Ronald Acuna Jr. Grand Slam. Elsewhere on the scoreboard, the White Sox were the only AL Central team in action, and they didn't do the division proud. The Red Sox wasted another excellent start by Chris Sale in a 4-3 loss to the pesky Rangers in 11 innings. Sale allowed just one unearned run over seven innings while striking out ten, but Matt Barnes blew the save in the ninth. The Rangers now lead the Red Sox in the wildcard standings by two games, while the Rays grabbed a half-game lead in the AL East with a 6-2 victory over Oakland. In the National League, the Diamondbacks hit back-to-back-to-back homers in a 13-8 victory over Philadelphia, and the Cubs lost the Rockies 6-5 thanks in part to a 486-foot homer by Ian Desmond. That'll do it for this morning's White Sox wake-up call. Visit SoxMachine.com to talk about the game, the night on the farm, and later in the morning, a new defensive metric that judges Larry Garcia favorably. Also, Josh and I will be back tonight with Sox Machine Live after the game. If you're new to the Sox Machine podcast, you can find it wherever podcasts are found. You can also support the site and the show at patreon.com slash SoxMachine. And if you're going to be in the suburbs on July 21st, join us at Alter Brewing in Downers Grove to watch the Sox play the Rays. Event details are on SoxMachine.com. Thanks for listening to the Sox Machine podcast. 
For SoxMachine.com, I'm Jim Margulis. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.